Greetings, and welcome to the Post-Church Podcast, a time where we reflect on this week's sermon and answer some practical questions. Today I'm here with Pastor Billy. Our brother Neil isn't with us. Uh, But before we get started into any of the questions, Pastor Billy, why don't you give us a summary of what we just heard? So um, there's a, I guess you could call it popular uh, perception in Christianity today of a, you could call it a a comfortable or uh, easygoing uh, Jesus. Um, But what we've seen as we've been traversing through the Gospel of Matthew is that Jesus' teachings were often focused on hardship and suffering. So as we came now into Matthew chapter 10, we see that Jesus commissions his apostles um, onto a mission that would take them to the, uh, take the gospel to the lost sheep of Israel. And what he says to them emphasizes the sort of impending suffering and, and persecution that they would face. So while their mission had specific characteristics and demands, um, we touched on six uh, principles for the gospel mission that we are called to that we can glean from uh, what uh, Jesus had for uh, his disciples, the 12 that he sent out on this mission. So those six principles were really centered around one compassion two reaching the least three uh, dependence on giving uh, four uh, commendable character uh, five proclaiming proclaiming or announcing the gospel of the kingdom and six uh, recognizing the dangerous yet rewarding nature of the mission and the ultimate motivation for enduring um, the hardships that would come in the course of mission is the promise of finding true life uh, by surrendering to christ thank you pastor billy as you mentioned in the beginning of your summary there it seems that unfortunately in modern day christendom um, comfort wealth, prosperity seem to be tied with the positive Christian experience or the Christian experience in general. So here's the question. Is it possible to be depressed, stress, struggle with anxiety, or even have suicidal ideation and still be a Christian? Yeah, the short answer is yes, right? And, um, you know, I think in this present day and age, there's much talk now about about mental health, right? And our yeah. mental state, right? There's a lot of conversation about it. And um, I think in the church, right, if you go back historically, um, at least I guess in this country, or as I think about my experiences growing up, that those sort of notions, those sort of um, those sort of ideas that you brought up—depression, anxiety, suicidal mm-hmm. ideation, things like that—those 
because we're not exactly on uh, at the forefront of conversation right in the church not necessarily at the forefront of preaching not necessarily at the forefront of the understanding and I because I think there was a, maybe a implicit tacit um, understanding in the church that that maybe yeah that that any sort of depressive sort of uh, state was indicative of um, yeah maybe not being in the faith right or any any mm-hmm. any sign of anxiety or anxiousness could be indicative of of not being in, in the faith or right so um, but if we come to scripture again and we look at it um, and again we come back to what we heard in the in the sermon that Jesus as he sends the 12 out acknowledges that there's going to be hardships along the way uh, in terms of mission even though the focus there was largely around persecution but yeah, there, there, there are going to be troubles there's going to be struggles and and struggles in the turn in the in the um, realm of mental health are are in play right um, so that there might be seasons of sorrow and, and sadness and depression seasons, seasons of anxiety um, you know even struggles and these 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 thoughts are, are you know are, are around suicide um, it, but if you look in scripture right there's even acknowledgement right so go go if we delve into the psalms right mm-hmm. so we spent um, a few the past few summers you know when we were um, back at the at the Philly church we've done summer series in the psalms the summer of psalms yeah right and I mean you pour into the psalms and you see the deep mental anguish that the psalmist presents the emotions kind of run the gamut yes psalms of lament yeah all across the board right so just right there an acknowledgement that um you know um our 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 emotions are, are in play but then it's interesting you'll see the the arc of many of the psalms where there's deep deep suffering deep anguish Mm-hmm. But there is there is a look, yeah. Right? There there's is an a, arc kind of towards hope. Th- there's a look up, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, that that that's the difference, right? Mm-hmm. It's that that there is a hope that we can that we, that we can look to, right? So, you know, if we were to languish in mm-hmm. these states, um, as opposed to understanding that we have resource to be able to deal with these things in Christ what Christ has done for us our, our identity that we have in Christ um, the spirit of God that works within us to sanctify us right all of that mm-hmm. um, is to say that um, we shouldn't be thinking that, that the moment we have any sort of anxiety that we're somehow outside of the faith right um, but these are all opportunities for us to, um, you know, lift our gaze, right, mm-hmm. and look upward, right, as opposed to inward. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm, I'm also reminded when, when you look in the book of Job and you see in, in Job 3, he says, I wish I wasn't even born. Yeah. If you can imagine what Job must have been feeling at that moment when he, mm. he would be able to utter those words. But at the same time, you look at Job 1, and he's the person that, that God recognizes as, upright and blameless so just kind of tying back to what you're saying 
it's it's entirely possible. In fact, it's inevitable to be right. a Christian and to go through these seasons, yeah. but to not languish in them. Yeah, that that you know, that in this, um, that in this that in this world, right, that we would have troubles. But mm-hmm. Jesus says, "What? Take heart." So overcome. For I have overcome the right. world, right? Mm-hmm. So it is, a, it is an acknowledgement of the reality of both hardship and suffering, but also the reality of um, victory found in Christ, right? Those, yeah. those realities are held together at the same time. That's wonderful. Yeah. Today you also spoke about the distinction of the apostle. So I wanted to dig into that a little bit. Um, why do you think it's important to build the distinction between the title of apostle as we see it in Scripture and pastors, elders, as we know them? Because we kind of see that word apostle being thrown around quite a bit in today's day and age. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's important because, well, if, you know, if, we, if we take a step back, right, and we think about the word in and of itself, right, so... Um, Generally, the word apostle, and, and we mentioned this in sermon, means um, an, uh, an emissary or a ambassador of sorts, mm-hmm. fundamentally a messenger, right? right? Someone, one who is bringing a message from someone else to someone else, from someone to someone, mm-hmm. right? An intermediary um, that has a a message, and. Um, but in the specific context of Christianity and of Scripture, um, when we're talking about the apostles, we it is a narrow definition, okay. right? We're talking about um, initially the twelve, right? So, of course, minus Judas, mm-hmm. Matthias being his replacement, Matthias, yes. right? That mm-hmm. we see in um, in the beginning of Acts, mm-hmm. right? So we have the twelve. Uh, but then beyond that, we have uh, uh, others who are outlined as apostles, uh, namely Paul, right? Yeah. And this all centers back to the um, their firsthand experience of Christ, right? Right. Their their connection to Christ in that in that sense, mm-hmm. right? And a certain authority that God had imbued to them to, to be those first emissaries of the gospel, mm-hmm. right? Um, so if you look in the letter to the church in Ephesus, Paul talks about God building the church and building it uh, upon Jesus, who is the cornerstone but also upon the foundation of the apostles. Right. So it is, in Scripture, it is very defined Mm -hmm. and and limited in scope. There are different um, requirements that are clearly laid out in the pastoral epistles around those who would be leaders in the church. Elders, overseers. Elders, overseers, what you would call pastors, right? Mm-hmm. Those sort of things, right? But these are two different things. When, so the apostle, 
and the overseer, elder, pastor are different. Right. Because when we start seeing that title being used in present day, um, you get sort of a conflation of ideas, right? And, yeah. you, and you get a kind of a um, an authority that is supposed that someone is supposed to have mm-hmm. that you don't see much scriptural foundation for. And this is where you will get into certain situations where you can see oftentimes where you might see, you know, abuses in the church because the power has been, um, the power has been somewhat mangled in its, in its um, application in the church by the use of these, these titles, right? They're, in a sense, usurping an authority that they don't have. That they don't have, right. right? And then you get, you know, imbalances in the, in the church and you get, you know, leadership where, you know, um, again, the flock is not being um, tended to mm-hmm. uh, appropriately. So, um, you know, there's, there, there, are, there are other ways where the, you know, view of the apostles is kind of um, somewhat twisted, right? You have the understanding... Um, in the Catholic Church, right, with which mm. sort of brings the lineage of church leadership all the way from the current head of the church all the way back into um, the original apostles, namely, namely Peter. Peter, right, and that references back to the scripture where Jesus says, "On this rock I will build my church." Right, Peter being the rock in that interpretation. Right. So, but but in that understanding, right, the um, church leadership winds up being passed down mm-hmm. in a um, in kind of a manner um, similar to the way um, monarchs and kings pass down authority a and lineage. power, right? In terms a of a lineage, yeah, right. Um, that it's it's hard to. To for me to look at scripture right and to make that <laughs> to make that it's that very case. hard to pull that directly from scripture yeah. alone. Right. It's uh, the idea is that the 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 apostles are the foundation. Mm-hmm. Right. We're able to understand that um, um, much of scripture that we have comes from the apostles, right, and their teaching, right. So that gives us the foundation, um, but. It's a, it's a different way of of looking and applying at scripture, right? One is one way is sort of kind of appropriating a worldly um, understanding of how power is structured, and the other is more looking at well, what, what does the what does the Bible tell us about how yeah. leadership and and power and the church should be structured. Thank you, Pastor Billy. I think that's very helpful in helping us to gain a better understanding of how the church works as opposed to what we might see in the world. So as we go forward into next week, Pastor Billy, do you have any questions that we should be thinking about? Um, well, first, um, just to tie in that we just had the discussion around the apostles. So um, we have small group coming up. Right. This Friday, uh, we won't be breaking out into our men's and women's groups. We'll be kind of together. Um, so we'll be t- actually taking an opportunity to um, 
dig into the apostles, the 12, oh. the 12 apostles, and um, kind of learn their stories, learn how they uh, impact scripture, um, learn a little bit about them, kind of a survey of the apostles. That's interesting. So, um, so we'll, be, we'll be tackling that um, in, in small group in our time. Um, but yeah, so some questions for us to think, and they're really just kind of all based around mission. Um, first is to think, you know, what mission situations <clears throat> tend to be most difficult for you? So I think for each of us, there might be certain circumstances where we feel um, challenged uh, to kind of step into the calling that we have to be sort of ambassadors for Christ. So what mission situations tend to be most difficult for you? <clears throat> Jesus talks about being like sheep, snakes, and doves in Matthew 10. We kind of went into how our you know character plays into those different you know, sort of metaphors. So how would you take that and apply it to your current context? That's first. <clears throat> Excuse me. Secondly, what aspects of being like Christ cause you the most sort of fear and anxiety? And then what promises in God's word might, you know, help to bolster your security and joy to kind of put those two together? And lastly, is to just kind of think what aspects of God's character that we see in Matthew 10 ground our confidence in Christ's mission. Again, there will be challenges, but as you think about Matthew 10, what attributes of God, what aspects of God's character help to kind of help us persevere? Thank you, Pastor Billy. I thank you for those questions for us to think about, and also the discussion from today. I think it was fruitful and beneficial for, for all of us. So, till next time, may we strive to live all of life to the glory of God.